0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Coffee Stained the EDU podcast. This is your host, Geneva Rodriguez. I am recording. Um, I think I've done this a few times, uh, and I felt that this episode needed a recording. This episode is going to be titled, well, it's titled, Meeting Students Where They Are. And we're going to be focusing on special education, a service not a place. I'm sure you've heard that many times before, that special education is not a place. It's a service we provide to our students. And I feel that a lot of educators are a little confused about that and what that means and what that looks like, right? So this episode is going to cover how we can support our students. I also want to start off by saying that when I talk about special education, I am not going to only be referring to students who have IEPs, which we'll dive in a little bit to what that is later on in the episode. But I am not only talking about students with IEPs, which is an individualized education plan. We are going to talk about all students, um, air quotes, special education students, special No, my bad. General education students, air quotes, right? Um, Because we know if we are educators nowadays and we are hip to what's going on and we are in tune with what's going on with our students in the classroom, um, we know that you don't need to have a title of special education or you don't need to be in a special education class for you to need, Special instruction, right? And I'll dive into that a little bit more. And when I use the word special, I mean individualized instruction, differentiation, adapt, um, adapted instruction, modified, right? Whatever, um, needs that child needs, what needs that child needs, whatever supports that child needs, they're going to get. And it doesn't mean that just because they are, um, in a general education class that they don't need additional supports, okay? So, like I usually say in every episode, I do not edit my material, so what you get is what you get. <laughs> I'm recording is a little weird. I'm like looking at myself, looking at the screen, making sure that I'm, you know, covering everything I want to share with you. I'm also using my computer that's here. So if I look this way, I don't know if it's the left or right of you, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's because I'm looking at my um desktop. Yeah, I still have a desktop. I love it. It's it's just just different. There's nothing like sitting at a actual desk with a desktop working you know like a laptop just doesn't have the same feeling I don't know anyways so this is episode let's see episode 25 so episode 24 was parent involvement it takes a village I hope you listened to that I was very helpful um, for both educators and parents just getting ready for the next school year so listen to that share that with someone you feel that can benefit from that we spoke about um the importance of parent involvement from the school perspective the parent perspective and actually i gave tips and advice on how parents can become more involved being in, you know even keeping in mind that we're just so busy parents are busy um they have a lot going on in their daily lives but there's ways that you can be involved with your child's academic and social success okay so Episode 25 is going to be this one that I'm recording right now. I'm going to post it on my YouTube channel. Um, and you're gonna be able to listen to this as well on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. I decided to record this because there's some slides that I'm gonna be going over. And I know we are all different learners, and we um, you know, some of us benefit from visual um from visuals, right? And pictures and videos and all that stuff. So I kept that in mind with this, and it falls perfectly. In place with this topic because we're going to be talking about how our students are all different learners and we need to meet them where they are so let's dive right in so so this is coffee stain edu podcast you can find us on um instagram you can see at the corner of the screen on the bottom left hand <laughs> left hand side um uh, it's is the instagram handle coffee stain underscore edu the website is coffee stains.org where you can find the episode as well So there's no reason why you're not listening or keeping it up to date with what's going on with the podcast because I posted on multiple platforms. All right, so let's go right back into it. Well, let's start it, not go back. it because I didn't even start it yet. <laughs> oh, I don't edit my material. Like I said, I try to keep these, each episode 25 minutes or less, but sometimes a little longer because depending on the material that I'm trying to cover, Um, I appreciate all feedback suggestions. This actually was a suggestion from someone that I used to work for, I'm not work, for work with at my previous school when I was a teacher. So I just want to say um a special shout out to Ms. Wexler for um, giving me the suggestion. Please keep them coming. <laughs> and if you're listening, hello, hello. Okay. So let's jump right in it. How do I skip the slides? Oh, there it goes. Wait, let me go back. Okay. So... This is a special education webinar. I was going to name it workshop webinar. I don't know because I wasn't sure how I was going to like deliver it to you guys, but I left it out as webinar. You know what I'm trying to say. So... Presented to you by Coffee Saint Edu Podcast. Your host, Geneva Rodriguez. So the reason why I decided to go forward with this topic is because I'm just observing a lack of support. I don't really like to read from slides because I was I taught I was taught that too. Like we don't want to just read from slides, but you can read it. But also, I'm trying to support or all, all all my audience, right? And however you receive information, so I'm observing. So I will read it. My bad. <laughs> observing I you know the reason why I chose to go forward with this topic was because I was observing a lack of support from universities teaching programs school systems and the list goes on and for me I'm a career changer my bachelor's is in um criminal justice but when I went to my master's program and even going through the teaching program teaching fellows program it felt like they did not prepare me and I didn't know that until I actually got into a teaching position and I was just like handed okay, this is your class, this this is your classroom, these are your paras, go on and teach, right? I didn't know what I was in store for, right? So that's what I meant with lack of support because the university didn't teach us the things that I experience especially in a D75 school you don't learn those things in special education you learn like the basics okay they scratch the surface I'm gonna keep it a hundred they scratch the surface and if you are a special education teacher I'm sure you like yup 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 you can agree with me right now they don't teach you what you really need right they'll, they'll scratch the surface with IEPs they'll scratch the surface with CSIS. they'll scratch the surface with differentiation scratch the surface with working with service providers, but they don't really get down to the nitty-gritty of how you can support your your students. Also, on that same um topic, um I feel that general general education teachers need to be taught. There should be a course. And I think, you know, I think that I've spoken to some people they did say that they took some type of course or or they brush on um special education in their courses, but they don't get enough, right? And yeah, I know, you know, like they they just keep it towards the special education teachers, a special education license, but that's such a disservice to our kids. Our kids come in all shapes and sizes. They have different needs. And just because they don't have an IP does not mean that they they don't need additional support, right? They can't just have a generalized lesson and material and a task and expect to for them to just master it. It's not realistic in the world we live in. And I, we need to get out of that mindset of thinking that special, special education or support or differentiations only for our special education students. Okay. Um, we need to just get out of that. I think everyone in education needs to have some type of training or schooling in how to support all students on all levels. Okay. Um, and then the school system, right? Like so you go to college, you get your degrees, whether you go the traditional way, you go to the alternative way, whatever, but you still don't get that real in-depth training and preparation. You go in and you just gotta learn, you know what I'm saying? And some some do well and some don't, some struggle and some People barely make it over the water, you know what I'm saying? Like constantly drowning drowning, and, and not knowing what to do year to year. And it's just such a disservice and heartbreaking to know that that's the system that we're in for um, our education system. That's what it is, okay? Then you got to think about the school systems, okay? um, How can they support, right? How can districts support teachers, On that level, like what professional developments can we provide to our teachers, Um, knowing that they may be general education teachers but also realizing the increase of additional supports in these classrooms right, and I don't just want to say I don't want to say just because of the pandemic yeah that might have contributed to some of like the delays and the additional support that these students might need, but this has been going on for years, yo, like for years. And it's just, it's just crazy. There's a lot of teachers just have that one mindset like, oh, I'm a general education teacher. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. Cut that crap out. Cut it out now. I'm gonna keep it real with you. Okay. Um, you know, teachers are not are not given the appropriate tools, the skills, and trained to be confident, effective, and prepared to teach students who require additional support. And I'm gonna keep it at additional support. I don't need I don't need to necessarily use the term special education, right? Because it's a service. I did a podcast before that was titled um, "It's Good Education." Okay, special education is good education. I remember the actual title of it. Let me scroll up to see if I can find it real quick for you guys or what next, What episode number it was so you can go check it out. It was episode 10. I say good ed, not special ed, right? And I try to focus on that we need, that's, you know, that special education is not a place, identity, or a subject. It's just additional support for all students and learning how to support all your students by knowing their strengths, their weaknesses, their preferences, and all that good stuff. So check that out when you get a chance. That's episode 10. The goal of this webinar, workshop, podcast, however you wanna look at it, is. To provide valuable information, tips, advice, and resources that would assist educators in supporting the multiple needs of their students and to provide realistic and effective instructional practices that all educators can utilize. And when I say all educators, I'm not only talking about special education teachers. So this is for everyone. Um, and I know I t- I, I did subtitle it special education, but I just want to say it's not, it's not a place, it's a service, right? Um, But it's titled, meet your students where they are, right? Meeting your students where they are. So any of your students, you need this, this, the goal of this workshop, (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out the world, the the, the goal of this podcast is to help you learn tools or, or tips and strategies how to meet your student where they are so you can better support them regardless of your special education teacher, a general ed teacher, an enl teacher, ESL, whatever you are, speech teacher. Meet your kid where they at. All right. um How do you change the page? I just gotta click it, I guess. Okay. So, still so figuring out this laptop. All right. So we're going to go over introduction, which I kind of did briefly um, talk about why relationships matter. And I'm going to break that down a little bit more, talking about assessments and building relationships with your students early on and families. And then actually diving into the meat of it, going in action, actually playing it out and actually supporting your kids and meeting them where they are. All right. Hello there. That's me. My hair straight. Today I have it in braids. Um, I have my contact information there. So I have two Instagrams, one for uh, coffee stains, which I post just coffee stain information. Sometimes I'll post pictures of me traveling, and stuff like that, and of my kids, maybe of my cats too, but I don't post mo- a lot of personal stuff on that. That's um, coffee stain underscore edu. The passionate leader is, um, originally was just for providing tips and advice to teachers connecting with teachers networking with teachers administrators and stuff like that but lately I've been leaning towards um adding personal stuff on there but you can add me on there the websites coffee stain.org if you want to email me any tips advice tell me to shut up <laughs> nah be nice um any feedback or whatever or oh, you want to be a whole I'm not you want to be a guest on my my um podcast, hit me up. I think that'd be great. Geneva uh, Rodriguez 30 at Gmail. Uh, my link tree is G Rodriguez eighty, but you can find that on my Instagram as well in my bio and my Twitter. Yeah, I'm all over the place, um, but everything is linked is towards, I use these platforms for education. I love to connect with people, support, you know, even get information, learn from it. So let's connect. All right. So let's go into this. So let's let's talk about the definitions um did did a little bit of research while I was planning for this and I um found a couple of definitions of general special education general education I just pulled out from different resources and um tweaked it a little bit so special education, um, basically is is continuously changing over the years. So years before the I the IDEA, the IDEA, sorry, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, special education meant being in a separate classroom for with all students with special needs. Today, special education is not just a class placement, right, but a way to teach children with learning differences. So back in the day, and I think that's where the mindset is comes from. And it has not changed for a lot of educators, um, that it was a place, right? It was a classroom and it was just meant for all kids with special needs, but now it's not, it's, it's, it's basically like, come on, it's just a way to teach your kids that have learned with, with different, um, learning abilities or whatever. Right. So tailored to meet the individualized needs of students. I pulled that out. I felt like that was a big one. And I highlighted today, as you can see, because it's not about a class placement. And we have to shift that mindset and take that out of there. We just got to look at a students as an individual and figure out what do they need from us as teachers. I talk on my hands a lot. I'm sorry, it's Brooklyn. And probably because I'm Puerto Rican. But um, you you get it general education. So this is, um, after doing a little bit of homework, this is what I found general education is designed to teach children in a standardized way. Kids don't really learn that way anymore. Right. So it's not realistic. The idea of like, what is standardized? That's, you know, it's so old school to get a new workbook, get a textbook, hand out to everybody the exact same thing, print out some worksheets, give it to everybody the same one and expect them to be able to do it. The idea is that most children learn by using standard form instruction. Like I just said, the same textbooks, the same projects, the same experiments. So you go into a classroom and you just see one way of teaching, one piece, same worksheet. Um, The teacher's just teaching with no pictures, no scaffolding, no differentiation, no nothing else. Just took the t- just took that lesson plan right out the book, and teaching it. That's it. And I know a lot of us remember growing up like that. We remember experiencing that in school, and, um, and we probably remember that most of us were lost and confused and out of it and act out. And act it out because we didn't get that shit. <laughs> we didn't understand what was going on. We need a little bit more help. It was hard, right? We didn't. We were scared to ask for help. Possibly, um, we realized that it took us a little longer to get something, so we just stood quiet because we was ashamed or embarrassed, right? It's not ideal. It's not ideal, and you don't need an IEP to get additional support. You should not need an IEP. To get a teacher to give you additional wait time or a teacher to use an anchor chart to help you better understand a skill that she's trying to teach you or he's trying to teach you, right? It's just not right. It's just not right. So we're gonna talk about learning your student. Yep, your teachers, but you are learning too. So get with it. You need to learn your students. You need to take time, make it a priority in the beginning of the school year to learn your students. And what does that mean? You're going to survey your students. I highly recommend it. Survey your students and even survey your parents or families. I'll say families, right? Because we know some kids don't have parents at home. They're being raised by siblings or raised by grandparents or foster home or cousins. So we stay away from using the term parents and we say families, right? Caregivers. So we wanna survey the students and caregivers. And what does that look like and what does that mean and why should we do that, right? So you wanna do this the first couple of, I would say the first few, first, a second week of school, I would say, right? After that is you're really pushing it because already learning should be taking place after you have your system structures in place um, and some type of routine in place. Survey your students. Um, sit with them. Have a talk with them depending on their grade level and their abilities right And you might not know their abilities. So this is a perfect opportunity to have multiple ways to reach your students, right? So have an actual um Google form, right? If your kids know how to use technology, set up a Google form where they can they can complete it online. Um, maybe have a paper copy right? Maybe have some with multiple choice or fill in the blanks, right? Um, Maybe some with some pictures. Or maybe you actually sit with your student and have a conversation if if possible, right? A few minute conversation, you have your little notepad, you have your little clipboard, you're taking notes. And what what kind of questions should you be asking, right? That's probably what you're asking or thinking. Well, you definitely want to know what their preferences are, right? What do they like? What do they dislike? What What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are the subjects they like at school? Why they like those subjects? What What is the least favorite subjects, right? Maybe we don't want to say dislike or like. We might want to say least favorite. Um, and why they don't like it. Usually it's because it's boring or they just don't get it, right? But you want to know why. Because then you're going to use that tool to help you plan. Because if you're planning science and you know that Robert doesn't like science or Robert thinks it's scary because of this and that or whatever, you want to be mindful of that when you're planning. If you realize that a majority of your students don't like math because they feel like it's hard or it's scary or it's hard to understand or it's boring, you want to make sure that your lessons, your activities are very engaging. And you're providing enough support so that students are able to understand, and you're checking for understanding, right? So this is, this is going to be a great tool to use to help you lead instruction. Survey your students, okay? You want to survey survey the parents as well because you want to know maybe they know things about the kids. Not every kid is going to open up to you, and you can't get upset about that. That's just going to take a little longer with that student to build a relationship with them. Don't give up. Don't start making all these little scenarios up in your head. Don't go start seeking advice from other teachers about these students and then they had a bad experience with them. This drives me crazy. Um, and then that teacher already has this idea and this thought these thoughts about this, te- this student without even forming or taking the time to build their own relationship with that child right? Now they're freaking out because the Yashia teacher didn't have a great relationship with the student. Um, and, and 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 that could be for whatever reason, right? It could be something that happened with that teacher. It could be something that was happening with the child at home. It could be that the kid just, you know, they just didn't get along, right? They just had differences. And now this teacher is listening to what the teacher from last year said. And now she's coming in with these, this, this energy towards this student, which is not fair to them. Right? So I highly suggest you create your own relationships. With your students, and don't allow what your colleagues said. I mean, you could keep it in mind. Like if if they te- if they sharing valuable information, like oh this student like you know gets easily distracted, oh, or this student um needs to take frequent breaks, or oh, this student is really good at math or really good at this. That's information. Yeah, share that. Send that over real quick. But when they start making it personal, oh uh, he did was this and blah blah blah. Try to stay away from that stuff. That is my suggestion to you. And learn your student. Get to know your students on your own because your relationship with them is not gonna be the same with that the relationship they had with their with their teacher before. Survey your parents, like I just said, you wanna to get to know they might know certain things about the kids that they might not share with you. Um, so survey them. You wanna um I was jumping to since I started speaking to my parents, I'll jump into a line of communication with families. You wanna have that, right? The previous episode, I spoke about parent involvement. It takes a village. So open a line of communication and be mindful that not all parents might have a working cell phone. Not all parents might have a working email. Not all parents might have a work phone, right? So think of ways, multiple ways that you can connect with these parents, okay? Oh, you have a cell phone, but maybe it's a it's it's a pre prepay, so it gets cut off on and off depending if they got money, right? We can't just be judging these parents or expecting that. So okay, mom, do you have an email or do you what, you have a WhatsApp? Maybe, um, maybe you have a grandma's phone number that I can get in touch, right? I want and, and, and just express to them, I just want to keep an open line of communication because I want to be able to talk to you during parent engagement time to talk to you about all the wonderful things that's happening in school with with Robert, um, and and how we can work together as a team. To better support Robert in his academic and social um, journey, right? So you want to make it a positive. Um, also, like I said before, you want you want you have communication with parents. You just don't want to make it about negative, negative, negative. You want to reach out and share positive things as well. Open the line of communication with family. That's very important because they are a value, a valuable resource, and they can share a lot of information about this kid, especially if the kid is not really w- willing to open up and share things with you. You want to assess students. The first few weeks of school, it's very important. And I'm going to go into why assessments are important for your child. I mean, for for you and for your students, okay? Um, This is going to be, this is going to help you with guiding your instruction. How are you going to teach your students? How are you going to meet your students where they are, right? What better way to learn that than to assess them? You're going to do a beginning of year assessment. Your school might already have some in place. You might want to do your own personal just to get an idea. Okay, reading levels, math levels, levels their teach, their learning style, Um, you know, all those things are going to be important to learn. So the best way to learn those things is to assess your students in the beginning of the year. This is going to help you when you are trying to support your students. And guess what? Hey, we do this in general ed special ed self- whatever class you're in, you should be assessing your kids, whatever class you're in, you should be serv- um, providing service to your kids and you should be opening a line of communication to you- for your parents. So this is not just something that's catering to students that have IEPs or students that need you know are 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 in um, a special education um title classroom, right? So we're going to go into assessments and how you're going to use those assessments to support your students. So the power of assessments. So like I spoke pre- um, previously, you want to do one at the beginning of the year because it's going to help inform decisions about st- the starting point for the program that you're going to use for your students. It helps you identify the learner's needs. You see, I put needs in cap and I underlined it. That's very important. You should want to learn your students' needs. Each learner is different. Each learner has different needs. You need to look at each student as an individual. You have a whole class, but each student is their own person. And you need to learn that student. So these beginning of year assessments are going to help you with that. You want to continue to do ongoing. Why, right? Whether the child has an IEP or not, you should be doing ongoing assessments to keep track of their learning progress and to determine if you need to make any changes to what you're doing in the class, right? Maybe the student masters a goal they had, or maybe you realize, oh, Jessica's been working on this assessment for X amount of of weeks. Um, I mean, this the skill she's struggling. Where can I tweak it? What can I change? How can I improve this so that she can meet her goals? Right. And this, like I just said, you want to identify any barriers that might be hindering, hindering growth and learning. This includes formal and informal assessments. Okay. So your schools might have formal assessments. You should be having your own informal assessments in the classrooms. You need to know your students. You need to be keeping track of your students. Okay. These assessments is a great tool for you to meet and support the individual needs of your students, IEP or not, special education class or not. Ends of year assessments. Obviously, we know that that's important because we do the beginning, we do the ends. A lot of people kind of struggle with the ongoing, so that's the area you should be focusing on. Measure whether or not the learning objectives set at the beginning of the year have been met. And to what extent? Again, like if you have an IEP, these are important, right? Because you do your, mod- your progress monitoring. Um, you have to put that in when you have your IEP goals. But for you, you know, for your class, for you, even if you don't have students with IEPs, these are things that you should be doing regardless. You should be assessing your students because we can't use that one work worksheet, make twenty-five copies, and provide that to everyone. And if you do. How are you scaffolding that, right? How are you differentiating that worksheet? Because you might be printing and using the same worksheet, but you might have pictures for some students. They might use um, some anchor charts, right? There's different ways that you can provide that support, but don't, don't have an administration administrator go into your classroom using that one worksheet and you have no other support to differentiation for that, for those students, you, we need to see. There's no way that we that all your students don't need nothing, no no additional support. It's just not realistic. Because even us as adults, we're all different learners, right? We need pictures. We need videos. We might need additional time. We might need repetition, right? So why assess? Like I said before, it informs teaching and guides instruction. It's a great relationship tool It gives you the opportunity to have conversations with your students, get to know your students. Like I said, with the surveys, um, it helps students set goals. That's important, right? And also helps build them their confidence. So if they set a goal in the beginning of the year and they see that they're working towards it and, they, and it shows that in an assessment that they improved, they're going to feel so good about, about themselves and they're going to feel a little more confident going into a more challenging task, right? Um, and it's going to motivate them. So now we're going to look at what that looks like in the classroom, meeting your students where they are. So the big one is differentiation, right? So we we have to accept that no two students learn the same. We, we have to accept that we want to meet our students where they are. So how do we do that, right? So I found a few little visuals here. This one here that has the word differentiation. Got to move my little video thing because I wasn't sure where you see me at. You might not see the pictures. So there's some words here that pop up when it comes to differentiation. I actually like the visual down here with the pictures, visual, auditory, reading, writing, right? So I love all of these. Um, this is a big one here, right? Because again, we all learn differently and we need to provide those avenues for our students to learn and to have access to what we're teaching them. So here's just one example. We actually, I use the, um, this um. This right here, this right here. <laughs> this part right here with level one, level two, and level three. I actually use this during our teacher boot camp when we were talking about classrooms and how to differentiate and meet the needs of your students. So I just cut and paste because uh work hard, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> so, for example, like an elementary level um special education class, perhaps self contained D75, or like I just said elementary. Um, we might have some, ENL, right. English as a, a, um, native language or whatever, uh, English as a second language. So we know that we need to use a lot of supports for them. So level one might be just all pictures. You might just have a, a worksheet with all pictures, or you might be sharing on the screen, just pictures. Um, you might have pictures with words if it's a worksheet, right? So now they can co- make a connection with the words and the pictures, then you have level three, which is you might not have any any pictures or one or two pictures. And then you're going to have more opportunities for students to write or to read or write complete sentences. Right. So that would be like three different levels on a very low um, elementary level. Um, and then the bottom I, I wrote, we've, we pulled some examples of differentiation. So you might wanna use pictures, videos, and music. These are all considered dif- like how to differentiate and how to provide additional supports and scaffolding for your students, okay? Partner work, using word lists, task cards, sentence starters is a great one. Uh, having templates already prepared and they can pick student choice is important as well. Uh, workstations, additional resources like anchor charts, number lines, manipulatives. Um, graphic organizers is a great one as well journaling, group work, formative assessments, anchor charts, which you should be using regardless, um, and using all your five senses, um, that one's a big one, especially for like the lower learners, um, D75 and the younger and the younger ones. Um, the five senses is a great way to engage them and bring them in and, and and help them learn a new skill that might be challenging for them, especially when it comes to like describing things. You know, they're obviously going to have to use their eyes to describe something. Maybe using a compare and contrast, they they have two things in front of them that they can. Um, describe, um, using touching. So that's, again, and that might be their way of learning. So an anchor chart is something visual. A video is something visual, right? That's them using their five senses. Touching something, right? They might need the manipulatives to complete a task. So you got to think of that. This is why it's important to survey your students so you have an idea of how you can support them. And also watch them. Be very observant because they might not actually tell you but you can see how they move and how they work with their with their peers when they're completing an, an assignment or an activity in class you can be using it as informative assessments so that you can know how to better support them then i found some cool charts um, just to provide additional supports for you guys <laughs> so here is um this one's a very popular one where they focus on the, the five, the four parts that you can actually um, provide differentiation. So, is the content, the process, projects, and the environment, right? So, the content is what are they learning, the process is how they learn it, projects is how they demonstrate their learning, what are they doing hands-on activities, um, and then the environment what does it look like in the classroom so that's those are four different areas that you can actually differentiate within as well so here they give some great examples i think this was a great visual with actual examples and um suggestions that you can use in your classroom okay so always be aware of a students specially designed instruction and their needed accommodations so that would be catered towards if a student has an IEP, right? If they have a plan that's in place, you want to make sure that you're supporting those needs, right? Because a lot there's a lot of students that have their own management needs if they have an IEP, but if they don't have one, you should still be aware of their needs, right? And their learning styles and the supports they need so that they can be successful in the classroom. And these are different ways that you can actually do that, and they don't need an IEP for that. I'm gonna keep stressing that. <laughs> I'm gonna post the, these um this presentation on the website on coffee stains on the resources tab under the resource tab, so you'll have it. So here's a nice visual as well of what differentiation is and what differentiate differentiation is not. Okay, please don't dumb it down. Please don't dumb it down. Please don't think that it's something extra that you're doing on top of it. It's an expectation. Okay differentiation is expectation in your classroom supporting your students is an expectation in your classroom okay make it fun be creative okay it's student focused it's a way of thinking about teaching and learning I love how it says that differentiation differentiation is not IEPs for all because I've been stressing that, right? It's not about having an IEP. So don't think because you're providing differentiation to your students that they don't have an IEP, that now not all they, all these kids have IEPs, they have all these specialized support on um, needs and stuff like that. Yo, you're an adult, you need specialized needs too. Like I don't understand, but like don't fake the funk just because you're a teacher, that you don't that you don't struggle with something, or you might not need additional support so something because I've experienced it. I see it. I know me as an adult. Yeah. I need I I need I need differentiation in multiple things. <laughs> okay. So, I think this was a nice thing a way to see what it is and what it's not. Of course, this, this is not the all for all, right? There's other things, but um I think this was a nice way they put it. Um differentiation differentiation is an idea as old as effective teaching yeah like i said it's good it's good ed not special ed it's good ed. when you're differentiating you're providing support to your students that is good education okay okay let's see differentiation is not individualized instruction nope uh, see. I was just reading them. So you guys can have, you have access to that on the website. Oh, that's, I think that's the end of my slides, but yeah. So let's, let's be a little bit more mindful of when we When we are in the classroom and we need to provide supports for our students, let's be a little bit more mindful and let's just keep in mind that we need to meet our students where they are. Um and they they don't need to come in and feel that they're not competent. They don't need to feel that um they can't take risk right we need to feel make them feel comfortable make them feel that we they, that they can trust us um and get out that mindset that special education is a place just look at those two words separate right take out that that definition that the world has given it Um, What has been connected to that years, you know, for years? Special education is a place where kids with special needs go, right? Let's take that apart and just use it as the word special. What does that mean? And education, what does that mean, right? We need to provide that education that's special for our kids, that's individualized for our kids, that's good for our kids. We need to build those relationships with our students, get to know our kids and what they're needs are their learning styles are and meet them where they are and i hope that this podcast helped you with that gave you a little bit more clarity um and you have a better understanding of what that looks like no matter what grade you teach what title you have in the class in in the school um your kids have IEPs or not. I hope that you took some helpful information out of this and you are you gonna be and you're gonna be able to apply it to your teaching. Um just wanted to say thank you again. I'm going to wrap it up there. And that was my challenge for you that you take one thing out of this episode and you can apply it to your practices. And again if you are not an educator and you are listening, thank you for your support. You're awesome or watching, um, but share it with someone. Share it with someone that you think can benefit from this. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to my ongoing listeners. Again, you can find us on coffee org. That's the website. Our Instagram is coffee stains underscore edu. Our YouTube, I believe you could just search my name, Geneva Rodriguez, or you can search Coffee stains Edu podcast and it'll pop up. Um you can I was gonna say subscribe. Oh yeah, subscribe on Spotify because then I'll give you the alerts. Um, you can listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio, and Amazon music. And I also post, I think I'm gonna stop posting the 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 audios on the website. I'm not sure if it's any anybody's really using it, but if you are, hit me up and let me know. Um, but thank you, thank you again for listening and for tuning in. And that is a wrap.